Okay, we are in Sefer Yecheskel, Perek Choftes, Pasuk Aleph, Ba'ashona Ha'asirit, Be'esri B'Shnayim Osola Chodesh. So now, in Choftes, the Navi is continuing to turn his prophetic anger on the traditional enemies of Yisrael. We've done Edom and Ammon and Plishtim and Seir. We just have completed three Prakim on Seir, on Tyre. And now we are going to return to the age-old enemy of the children of Israel, Mitzrayim, Egypt. But surprisingly, the ire, the anger, is not so much based on the traditional enslavement of the Jews in the days of Pharaoh and Moshe, but rather this is a failure of Mitzrayim to come and fulfill its duties as an ally, as a friend, as a co-signer of a mutual defense pact treaty where they again and again, not only don't show up, but leave B'nai Yisrael in a very dangerous position. And that's what the Navi is focused on, their failure to fulfill the arrangements of the treaties they made, contrary to what the Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted. The Kaddish Baruch Hu did not want B'nai Yisrael entering into a treaty with Egypt. But once they did, there was an expectation that they would honor the treaty. They, as we're going to see, left Yehuda stranded. Stranded, exposed, and probably suffering greater consequences by their failure to hold their end of the agreement. So, we begin in the 10th year, Kashana Asiris Asire Bishnaim Osar Lachodesh, in the 10th year, and we refer to Sikiyahu's reign, which was 11 years. Now, in the 12th month, uh, that's Teves, in the 12th day, Haya Dvar Hashem Elaile Mor, Kaddish Baruch Hu appears to Yechezkel. We should point out that in the last parrot, where the anger is directed towards Seir and its kings, it occurs a year later. So this parrot is going backwards a year. This is in the 10th year of Tzidkiyo's reign, not the 11th. And the reason we're doing this Adam of Horsham is because in real historical sequence, Tyre is punished first and then Mitzrayim. Says the Navi, Ben Adam, sim ponecha al paro melech Mitzrayim. Turn your focus on paro, the king. Vihinaveolav, and prophesy to it, the Amitzrayim kula, and on the whole of Egypt. Daber, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu to Yechesia, speak, the Amarta, and say thusly, Ko Amar Hashem Elohim, I am on you, literally, but my anger is focused on you. 
Hatanim Hagadol Horovets Betochia Orov. And a very interesting metaphor. We know Egypt's strength, Egypt's godless as a nation, came from the Nile, from the sea. And therefore, he refers to Pharaoh as Hatanim Hagadol Horovets Betochia Orov, as the giant sea serpent or sea monster that resides in the depths of the Nile. Asheromarlo Yaorev Ani Asasini, who says, that is, Pharaoh says, I am the great serpent, as it were, of the Nile. I made it, these rivers, the Ani Asisani, I created it. In other words, there's a total absence of any humility or modesty. It's just total gaiva. The wealth of Mitzrayim, the power of Mitzrayim, which emanates from the river, I did. I created. And now what I will do is I will put my hooks, as it were, in your cheeks. I will entrap you physically. And the fish that are in your river, meaning the people of Mitzrayim. So if the metaphor is Pharaoh is the god of the sea, the dugim in the sea are the Egyptians. And these Egyptians will cling to you in your scales. I am going to take you out of that river, that comfort zone, that climate that makes you so powerful and arrogant. That's called and all the fish that reside with you in that sea, specifically uh, the people of Egypt, I will raise out with you, hanging on to your scales. I will scatter you in the desert. In other words, I am taking you out of that comfort zone. We know a fish can't exist out of water, yet alone in the desert. I will cast them out on the field. They will fall. They will not be gathered together. They will not be reassembled. They will be as prey, as food for the animals of the earth. And the birds of the sky. You will be reduced to just food of prey for animals. You no longer are the kings of the sea. You no longer even exist in the safety and life-giving area of the Nile. They will all know that I am the God. And they will know that it is because you were like a reed of support for the children of Israel, for my nation. So a reed, we have learned this metaphor previously. You don't support yourself on a reed. It collapses. It breaks. And yet Mitzrayim held itself out as Israel's support. At least twice, Israel goes to Mitzrayim during Sancherev 
of Asher during Nebuchadnezzar of Bavel and begs them, begs them in a just a cowardly, obsequious, toadying manner to make a peace treaty with us, defend us. And Yirmiyahu, we saw, does not want that. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is furious because if anything, if they were afraid and threatened by outside forces, their faith would be most properly in Hashem, not in a traditionally thousand-year-old enemy. And yet they would not listen. They signed the peace treaty and at sometimes at great financial cost to themselves. And then they sit and wait. Nothing is delivered to them. Support, materiel, arms. On the contrary, they are left out there to die. Um, not only that, your failure not only didn't support them, didn't give them armaments, but it led to their deaths, to splitting them, to them collapsing on this metaphorical reed. They, when they would lean on it, they would break. And they would try to stand holding that reed. Uh, they would break their loins. They would collapse. So you did nothing for them. You endangered them. You made their condition worse. They would have never been emboldened to fight the Bavloyim had you not verbally supported them. And so you led them into a destructive war, which they were killed. Lachain, therefore, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Ko'amar Hashem Elohim, Hinenimevi Olayecharev, I am bringing upon you sword, the Ikarti Mimecha Adamu Vehema, and total destruction. Man, animal will be destroyed. The Hoysa Eretz Mishraim Lishmama, the Charava. The great land of Egypt will now be desolate, will be barren. The sword will have devoured all. The Yoduki Ani Hashem, you will know that I am God. Yan Omer Yaoraliva Ani Osisi. Because your insistence that all this wealth, all this might, was your doing, your being Paro. You created the Nile, you created the wealth, you created the commerce that came out of it. I am upon you, and upon your rivers. I will make it a desolate territory. From the Tower of Savne, which is interestingly interpreted as Aswan, that famous place where the dam of Aswan is, from Savne to your border of Ethiopia. Total destruction. Lo regel adam. It is so desolate and impassable that no human foot will pass it. The regel behema lo Animals will not cross it. The low teshave arbaim shona. And you will not have it again as habitable for 40 years. What? does that mean? What is the 40-year uh, passage that the Kaddish Baruch Hu says is going to occur? And after 40 years, you will see he will bring them back. Say them a portion. You will recall that when Yosef interprets Paro's dreams, 
with the fat cows and the lean cows and the fat sheaves and the lean sheaves. He says there will be famine for 42 years. As it were, in the second year of the famine, Yaakov comes from Eretz Canaan with his family to settle in Egypt, and the famine miraculously ends after two years. So there are 40 years of famine that they were not punishable with, and that is the 40 years that now you are getting that missing 40 years, and you will be totally punished. So for 40 years, the land is going to remain desolate and uninhabitable. And they will know I am the God. And now in the 27th year, this is Yechesiel speaking, Kodesh Baruch Hu appears to me on the first of the month saying, what is the 27th year? It is the 27th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. The Kodesh Baruch Hu comes. Israel has already been conquered. But now he comes to him with a novia on Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a surprising one because the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as we're going to see in this Nebuah, wants to reward Nebuchadnezzar because of his battle against Mitzrayim, because of his battle against Seor. It was Nebuchadnezzar who was the instrument in conquering Tyre, as we saw in previous Prakim, and now he will be the instrumentality of the Kaddish Baruch Hu in conquering Mitzrayim. So, now says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Ben Adam Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Barvel, Hevir Eschailo, Avoga, Gedola. He has performed a wonderful action. This is the same Nebuchadnezzar who destroys the temple. He has done valiantly, gloriously, in defeating Tsar, Tyre. Kol Rosh, Mikorach, Vakol Kosef, Meruta. He caused every flesh to be stripped, every scalp to be peeled away, and he did not have any tsar, there was no booty, there was no recompense, no payoff for him for beating tsar. He did it, he didn't get anything out of it. What are we talking about? You will recall Tyre or Tsar and that magnificent maritime empire just slips off into the sea. There's no money to be reclaimed, there's no treasure, there's no merchandise, there are no cities. So Nebuchadnezzar did this gratis, as it were, defeating Seor and not getting a penny of recompense. Therefore, Lachain Koamar Hashem Elohim. I am going to give him Egypt as his war prize. There are the existing infrastructure, the land, the fertility, the wealth, the cities. That will be him. He will have great booty, great treasure. And it will be a reward for his soldiers. It's a very paradoxical thing that 
Kaddish Baruch Hu, in the 27th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, feel he hasn't been recompensed enough for being the Kaddish Baruch Hu's rod or instrumentality in defeating Seor. So Mitzrayim, which he defeats, that he can share the spoils with his soldiers. Pu'ulaso asher ovadmo nasatilo, as recompense for his work I have given to him, as Eretz Mitzrayim asher asali neum Hashem Elohim. Egypt will be his reward. Bayom ha'hu, um, and then the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, uh, after I will return Egypt to its land, uh, but it will never be the same nation as it was. They're going to go back to their land, they're going to occupy their land, but it will not be the empirical Egypt in history. And on that day, by Yomahu Atzmiach Karen Leves Yisrael, the sprouts of Bnei Yisrael will blossom. The Lacha Etain Pischon Peb Besochon. I will give you the ability to praise and and glorify the Kaddish Baruch Hu in your mouth. The Yodu Ki Hashem. So we end on the positive note that once you have seen these miracles that I have performed. And you know there's no other explanation for Tzir and for Mitzrayim and for Edom and for Plishtim. You will know, and in that knowledge, you will be secure. That's Melchayatein Pitzchon You will know that it is the Kaddish Baruch Hu. All these prophecies have been fulfilled. All these prophecies have come true. You are back on your own land, among your own people, with your own temple. In, in later days, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and you will realize that it is I, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, who has brought you to this state. And so tomorrow we have one more prophecy directed against a certain nation, and after that we go into the beautiful description of the Bayesh Shlishi that we will be zochet to witness Adkan 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, be there.